welcome back to the Burnt Pancakes podcast. I am your host, Katie Fenske, and I am here to remind moms that everyone burns their first pancake. Today, I have on a mom of 10, Laura Hernandez. That's right, 10 children. You would think her house is chaotic and crazy, but she has created systems to turn that chaos into calm, and she's going to share those with us. This is going to be a two-part podcast, and on the first part, she's sharing how to keep a clean and tidy house in the midst of motherhood. She's going to give us all her tips on keeping your house organized and clean. Well, hi, Laura. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yes. Um, okay, so in the intro, I said that you are a mom of 10. And I'm sure you get, you know, comments all the time like, whoa, 10, that's a lot. So what what are the age ranges? Like, what's the age gap for your kids? And yeah, so the comment I get the most is like 10. Like, did you say 10? Like they can't understand what Wait, that's number one I just said. zero? You have 10? <laughs> <laughs> I have to like hold up both of my hands. Yes, 10. Um which I think is so fascinating. Everybody's like so baffled. I mean, did you come from a big family or no? Well, we had four kids in our home and okay. it was a big family, like in our neighborhood, in our school. Like yeah. I had, we had a lot of kids in our home, but now I'm like, well, four was nothing, you know, <laughs> um, not in like a, if you have four kids and it feels overwhelming, don't hear me say that incorrectly, but just every number you add to it, you're like, Oh wow. Two, was a piece of cake, right. Yeah. Just, it just feels always easier when there's less. So yes. What's your oldest and youngest? Our oldest is 17 and our youngest is three. Wow. And you said that you adopted some. So how many are adopted? We did. We adopted a sibling group of three and they kind of fit right in there with, so our adopted three are 12, 11, and 10. And then we have an 11 year old biologically. And then we also have a nine year old biologically. So they're just all like kind of crammed in there. This little co-op. Go little cohort of people. So, so I get asked a lot. So I only have three, only have three, like I'm tapped out at three, but I get asked a lot. What was the hardest transition? So for you, like, was it seven to eight? Was it nine to 10? What's the hardest transition? (laughs) Oh, I'd love to tell you. So we went in a six month period, we went from having four kids to eight kids. And that was my hardest transition. We um, had Four biological, we were living up in Seattle. We used to live down in Dallas. And when okay. we were down in Dallas, we fostered a little buddy named Andrew. And he came to us straight from the hospital. And we fostered him for eight months. And he went back to his mom. Oh. Meanwhile, she had two more kids. We had two more kids, which brought us up to five. Okay. And that summer of 2014, they were back in care. And they were looking for a permanent placement for the three of them. And so we said, we'll do it. Like we, we, I mean, Andrew was like our, he was like our son, right? Oh, like we I can't imagine. You. So you raised him from zero to, you said eight months, it was mm-hmm. eight months. Was that so hard to give him back at that point? Cause you like bonded was, with this little baby. Yeah. I mean, it was like losing a child. Oh yeah. I can imagine. Just, okay. Um, and I, I say that not in the way to like, I feel like there's this, um, Often when we talk about fostering, families are like, I could never do that. I could never. And I'm like, yeah, it's really hard, but these kids need you to attach to them. Like they need attachment. Like they're, 
like for the betterment of society as a whole, if we're just going to take a big picture, look at this, like we need them to attach, we need them to have that connection with people. And so if we're all too scared to take that leap or take that step of attaching and having our hearts broken a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, That's not a soapbox I normally get on, but there you go. (laughs) Yeah. So we, uh, we heard that they're, you know, looking for a permanent placement. So we said, we'll do it. So we moved back to Dallas, just had our fifth, right? So wow. Brand new baby, all these little people. We didn't have a job yet. My husband had a job still in Seattle, but he didn't have a job in Dallas yet. And we moved into this rent house and we did foster care training all over again. And at that six month mark, we got all three of them and they were all three placed in our home. But during that time period of going from four kids to eight kids, it felt like I was thrown into the deep end and had no idea how to swim. Yeah. I felt before, like even when we had added that fifth, I felt like I had things pretty under control as a mom. Like I had systems in place. I knew what I was doing. I felt confident as a mom. And then all of a sudden it was like, we've just got to survive. Like we've got to make it to bedtime. Right. Yeah. And so that survival. You're in survival like, mode. That's how, that's my transition from zero to one. I was pretty much in survival mode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's a great, like, that's an amazing place to be. Right. Cause we know mm. we just have to get through the day, and like, mm-hmm. but we don't want to live there. And so I right. started looking for things and podcasts and books and all the things and nothing out there for it, like eight kids under seven who have caseworkers in and out of their home who homeschool who yeah. also do all these therapies and have therapists. And I mean, just our house was so different and chaotic. And I was like, we got to figure this out. Like we've got to do something. So that's kind of where the systems came in place where I started putting things in place little by little, just be like, Hey, you know what? I want to be intentional with my kids with this. And we've got to create space for that. So how are we going to do that? Um, and then the things that didn't really matter, just getting rid of those all together. And then slowly, little by little lightening my load to where we got to a place of peace and calm in our home. And not that they're like beautiful, angelic children running around all the time (laughs) doing what I want them to do, but we can be resilient from the chaos. So when something crazy happens, we have a plan for getting out of, we have systems in place for food and for getting places and prepping for the next day, all those things. So it just helps life go so much smoother and having all those decisions already made and already in a system, like lessens my load so much so that I can show up as the mama that I really want to be. Right. I do feel like my house is very chaos most of the time. Um, so tell me a little bit about your systems that help create calm. What are some things that like easy things we can do to implement in our home to create calm? Yeah. So, well, let me ask you this. What areas feel chaotic? Um, children's behavior, um, constantly trying to keep up with the mess or just the organization of the home. Um, I probably, I would say food, like feeding my children. I've never been one that like food prepped. I don't prep on Sundays. So then it comes down to like, it's seven o'clock. We got to make dinner. Uh, (laughs) I haven't planned anything or it's time to go to the grocery store. And I did not make a list. Like those are some things. That's good. Okay. So the reason I ask is because every family is so different. And so your chaos I could give you a system for this. Noise chaos is another one. Like the noise level. I'm like, how do you get that down without yelling? I don't want to be quiet. (laughs) Yeah. So here, let's start with the, let's start with the mess. Just because that's a fun one. Um, I think less stuff. It's a really great place to start. I do think we have too much. We have too much. It's almost overwhelming for me. And I don't even want to like go in their room anymore. Yeah. 
And what I found with kids is when there's so much stuff and it's so overwhelming and the toy baskets are, they don't play with anything because it's just too much. Right. Right. And so the less we can have, the better it is The more creative play we can find with our kids. And, um, the easier it is to keep, keep up with everything and keep it clean Mm -hmm. and keep it organized. And I think bringing your kids in on those decisions and saying, you know what, guys, we have too much stuff and we need to cut it down by half. So let's look at all your stuffed animals. What stuffed animals can oh my we get God, rid of today? Animals. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you don't even have to one, say get rid of. They they don't play with them for a year. And then you go, okay, let's, we're going to donate these. Or we just had a garage sale recently. And every stuffed animal was like their favorite one. Oh my God, my rabbit. I'll buy this. I'm like, you haven't looked at these in forever. <laughs> oh, yes. I yes. Do you do that like do you do that every like every Christmas? Every is there like a time frame that you're like, oh, it's summertime, it's time to do a little clean out. How often do you do like a toy clean out? Yeah, well, often. And I think that it's like, you know what, there's all this stuff everywhere and they haven't played with it. Like we got these marble run things. Mm-hmm. And so cool. It was fun but, for yeah. a hot minute. Yeah. And then there's just pieces of it all over the house. And so yes. It's the little just, pieces that like I can't put them all back together. Yes. Yeah. And it almost feels wasteful to be like, we just got this and mm-hmm. here I am like trying to ship it out. But the truth is nobody's playing with it and it's just driving me crazy. So let's get out of that house and bless somebody else, right? Maybe they'll yeah. be more organized with their stuff and can figure it out. <laughs> um, so we have a continual, like ongoing goodwill. I want to say basket, but it's more like a okay. big tote yeah, okay. that things just go in. So you know what? That's too small for you. There's nobody to hand it down to. It's going in there. Baby clothes that we're no longer using. Like I'm in there and mm-hmm. the baby's in there and I'm like, well, you know what? You're not, nobody else is going to be using this. And so it just goes in that pile. So it's just a kind of a constant revolving door of donating somebody going and bring it to Goodwill and restarting all over again. However, around Christmas time, when we do go Christmas shopping, because mm-hmm. I want to get my kids fun things. Yeah, I want to give yeah. them, right? And while we try to keep that to a minimum with 10 kids, even the minimum of like, we'll do, we have a little system for this. We do okay. one thing to wear, one thing to read, one thing to play, one thing to share. And so the share is like Nerf guns or stuff everyone can use. Something, yeah. Something that everybody can do together. And then there's something to play. Just even looking at that pile, that's 10 new toys, 10 new things that we're bringing in. And so that I have to store in my house. Yes. Yes. So that always kind of gives me anxiety. Okay. We got to get rid of stuff. So I'll kind of go in and start peeling back some things. And and I feel like I have to sneak, I have to sneak toys out. Like one day they saw a big bag in the back of my car and they're like, what are you doing with my toys? I'm like, Oh, we were going to donate them. They're like, not this one. So sometimes I sneak them out (laughs) and they, they never end up asking. They never notice unless it's like in a bag and it's going out. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to a lady who I do this all the time too. And which is why this, when this lady said this, I was like, Oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing that, but I still do. Um, she was just talking about like, we wouldn't be happy if like we went into our room and things were just missing. So true. And I was like, I I get it, but my goodness gracious. A lot of times it's just easier. Um, And sometimes it's easier too. like, I have like a personal attachment to some stuff. So like, it's harder for me. Like, Oh, I remember when Ronan played with this one or that, like, yeah. Yeah. Harder. But maybe but, like we could get them to choose their favorites. Like, so instead of like them, like looking in the back of the car and saying like, Oh, that's my favorite. Like having 10 toys out. And so I want you to pick your five favorites and the rest of them are giving away. 
Oh, I like that. So like, it's giving them like, you can keep some stuff, but which ones are you going to choose to keep? Oh, I like Yes. Okay. Yeah. So like we're going to need to go through our stuffed animal bin today because it's, it's overflowing. It's getting bad. (laughs) I can't wait to hear how that goes. (laughs) I'll have to sneak some out. I'll have to sneak some out. Um, Okay. What other systems? We've got cleaning out toys, weeding down the stuff. What else? Yeah. And then having set times to actually pick up. So I, Oh, tell me, tell me everything. I think that everything needs to place. Right. And I think that needs to be known to all where that place is. So I, I love the idea of a really good organized little bookshelf with all the little toys in the right bins and blah, blah, blah. My kids can't do that. Like we, I've tried and it's just okay, not even I've worth tried it. that. I've tried that. And so I'm like, there is a place for things, but my, I think you're right. My kids don't really know that system. I know the system. And when they don't yeah. do it right, I go, Oh, get out of here. I'll finish cleaning up. <laughs> Cause it's yeah. like, that's the costume box. That's not the Lego box. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. And so I think that having like having those places and having those spaces is, is wonderful, but if we can get a little broader with it. So instead of having the people Legos, the red Legos, the blue Legos, like Instead mm-hmm. of getting really specific, just having a huge Lego bin, you know, that mm-hmm. that's where Legos go. And we have a basket in the other room that's all Paw Patrol toys. And so everybody knows <laughs> where the Paw Patrol toys go, right? Yes. And then all the other toys go in a different big basket. And so it's it's big, it's easy. They're not having to like sort through things to put things away. They can just throw them in there. Things feel picked up. They are picked up. Mm-hmm. The, that basket may not look exactly how I'd like it to look, but who cares? Like it's picked up, it's off the floor. I'm not tripping yeah. up, it, right? Yes. Um, this is what we get with my older son. I'll say, okay, go pick up the room. And he'll just like take everything and just like push it under the shelf or like just throw it up on top of the thing. And so I have to literally go, okay, your job is Legos. Find all yeah. the Legos. And the other kid's job is to find like just the trucks and put the trucks away. Because otherwise I find it all like under the rug. I just push it under the rug. <laughs> And then at that point, it's like the room is just a mess. So I just shut the door and I'll say, I'll deal with it tomorrow. And then I don't. And then it's more of a mess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of giving exact, like setting those expectations really clearly on, hey, you're in charge of the Legos. And then adding in the set time of when you guys are going to like do a pickup of your house. And this could be before bed, you do a 10 minute tidy and set an alarm for 10 minutes and everybody has a job that they're supposed to do. Um, We do ours at five o'clock. Everybody that alarm goes off because I forget to do dinner and I'll be like, Oh my gosh, it's seven 30. Anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So five o'clock is when I go in there and I do dinner. Also at five o'clock, everybody does their afternoon jobs. And so for us, this looks like we have three kind of areas of afternoon jobs that we do. So each kid has um, a zone that they're in charge of. And so that would be something very specific of like the playroom, mm-hmm. the Legos okay. at five o'clock, what you do. Then they're supposed to help prep for the next day. So if they need to get their backpacks ready, lay their clothes out, lay their shoes out, make their lunch, all of those things are on their five o'clock job list. And then something for dinner time. So everybody has a dinner job that they're in charge of. So that could be like our three-year-old puts all the silverware on the table. He loves that job. Mm-hmm. Another kid who gets drinks for everybody. And so just delegating those things out and getting real specific in your delegations. Because when you say things like go pick up the playroom, you get results like that. Yeah. Right. And then I get upset. Like, Oh, I told you to clean it. Why isn't it clean? Yeah. And they just grumble. Yeah, for them, it's, it's too overwhelming. And just like it is for you when you Which just is, 
right? It's so true. I walk in that room and I feel overwhelmed. Of course, my kids would feel overwhelmed cleaning it. <laughs> it makes sense. But if you can start small and give them just one specific thing that they can focus on, mm. I mean, we have much higher success rate in our home with that. Right. How long have you been implementing this five o'clock cleanup? Has this been like a work in progress and now it's like, you know, just runs itself? Yeah. Like so how long did it take to like get it going? Um, I'm not exactly sure when we started it actually. It's probably about five or six years now. Okay. And again, a big reason for that was that I needed accountability <laughs> getting in the kitchen and starting mm-hmm. dinner. Um, and so then and just adding the other things just kind of made sense for us. So like we need to have this checkpoint when we're asked, like we're asking them to do these chores, but they don't happen. And then I'm upset with them that they didn't have and like yeah. I'm like, again, why yeah. am I expecting just my around kids and around. to yeah. just show up and be proactive and doing things around the house? I don't know, but <laughs> that that alarm has really, really helped. And you know what? Sometimes we fall off the wagon, sometimes, you know, we get COVID and nobody does anything for weeks yes. or or we yeah, have baseball life. practice and we're not having dinner at home. Yeah. Like, yes. yeah, yeah. A million things come up, but the joy of it is we've put this, we've set this system up. I've already done all the brain work for it. Kids have their charts with different, their responsibilities on it. And we don't use, we use chore charts as in like, Hey, this is our contract of what you're expected to do in this home as a family member. And as a part of this team, this is what we expect of you. Okay. So and that's so what I was less- going to ask you. Cause we've tried chore charts and it lasted like three days. So yours is one per kid or is it like a family chart? What do you have? Yeah, we just use one per kid and that kind of okay. serves as our contract with them of like, hey, every morning, these are the things I expect of you. Okay. And it's just saying there's really clear expectations with them and for us, right? So we know who's supposed to be doing what. And we don't do any changing up of chores because, oh my goodness. You, you could, there's no way you could keep track of all that. It breeds so much chaos. Like not only for me and like, I don't, I don't know who's mm-hmm. supposed to be doing what, but arguments amongst people of like, you did that last week. I'm supposed to be doing whatever. Like all of that, that just ceases when you have that set clear expectations and things aren't changing. Mm-hmm. It helps build in that consistency. And I know a lot of people are worried about like, well, I want my kid to know how to do these things. I'm like, awesome. Summer is a great time for that. Of like, I was just, I that was in my head. Time. I'm like, I think we're going to start practicing this this summer. I'm like, we're going to have some routines yes. going on here. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a great space for it. And even just getting in the routine, like even if your afternoon jobs are like at seven o'clock and in the fall, you want it to be at five o'clock mm-hmm. just because you have longer daytime or whatever. Like, oh my goodness, how amazing that they're going to know when this alarm goes off, this is what's happening. And then this is what happens next. Yes. Yeah. And it sets that routine. They know what to expect. And I think our kids, like they, they desire that routine. Yeah. And those they say kids love so structure. Much. They do like structure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, I always okay, hear what? that. And I think, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I think I really understood that like that first week of COVID when it was like, there I is have no idea what's happening. Yes. Yeah. And it felt so overwhelming and so mm-hmm. chaotic. Like my whole body felt that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe what our kids feel like on a, on the daily, if they don't know what's yeah. happening, if they don't know what's coming next, if they don't know where they're going tonight, if they like all those things. Predictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So let me get some like ideas from you. So I have a three-year-old and almost six-year-old and nine-year-old. What are some like age appropriate things? Cause I noticed like my nine-year-old, I can get him to do stuff, but the three-year-old just kind of like wanders and isn't really like, I know he's probably capable of helping. What are some like age appropriate chores or tasks that I could assign each one that's like not overwhelming, but doable. Yes. I have a chore e-guide 
on the front page of my website. You can easily download it. And it has a list of age appropriate. Oh my gosh. I love that. I am putting that description. It's going to be in the description. So it's a guide by age. Is that what? Well, it's a, it's a guide on how to kind of set up a chore system in your home. And then at the Mm -hmm. back, there's like a list of different ideas and stuff. Love it. I'm like downloading it today. (laughs) Perfect. I feel uncertain about like the age because I feel like every kid is so different, different, right? So yeah, yeah, but like I could have a nine-year-old. Let me rephrase this. I have a 10-year-old who um, functions more on a three-year-old level. So giving her jobs that are adaptive, Mm -hmm. like really easy, really, really easy. That's how she's going to succeed. And that's how she's going to be a team player. And that's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So just keeping that in mind. Explain to your kids that like fair looks different. You know, they say that's not fair. He had to clean this. You're like, fair looks different for different people. There's like some saying, I can't remember what the saying is, but I don't know, but I like that. There is a really cool saying. I can't think of it right now. Like (laughs) fair is different for every, it's something like that. But like trying Something to explain great. like it, your job is going to look different than what your younger brother's job is because you are different kids. You're different people. Yeah. And I, we haven't really had a lot of like bickering about who's doing what job. Um, and I think just because of the layout of things of like, hey, place for so long, yeah. like initially, just, I think my kids are going to be shocked. They're going to be like, what? We have to do work <laughs> <laughs> or it'll be cool for like two days. And then like, you have to remind them this isn't going away. This is like going to be our new normal for your three-year-old. Do you use like pictures on his chart? I do. I think visuals are great. Right. For any age. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so a lot, several of our kids have visuals on their chart as well. And I think that's just that one more reminder that one more Mm -hmm. words don't stick in their heads, like a picture does. Mm -hmm. And so having those pictures there is super helpful for them. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that was an inspiring mom-versation. I don't know about you, but I am ready to go check out the toys in our kids' room and start decluttering right now. I hope you enjoyed this part of the podcast. Stay tuned for next week where we're gonna we are gonna go over part two of her systems. This is about meal prepping and how to find time for yourself in the midst of motherhood. And until then, I want to remind you that everyone burns their first pancake, so just keep flipping. <laughs>